Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Welcome, Arizona homeowners. It is the 10 o'clock hour. This is hour number three of our weekly radio broadcast. We call it our open home hour. Open to all topics relating to your home, castle, or cabin. If you'd like to join the conversation, one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. Text questions can be sent to 411-923, and you can uh, email info at rosieonthehouse.com if you need to snap a picture and shoot it, that describing helps. your project a little bit, that or if you're trying so to find a specific product, whatever the case may be. If a picture's worth a thousand words, oh, you can snap man. it and email it to info at rosieonthehouse.com. Last hour, Rosie and Sal were talking windows, and Sal actually mentioned something at the end of the program after we got off air. Just as he was walking out the door, he says, oh, Rosie, we forgot one thing. I said, what is it, Sal? He says, you've got to reach out to Arizona and find me some salespeople and some window installers. So if you are one of the out-of-work people or you're looking to upgrade your current position, you can contact Sal Sacato at Dunright Window. Phone number 602-456-2227, or you can find him at azwindowreplacement.com. He needs window installers, and he needs salespeople. And that is one thing that I'm seeing nationally from everyone, is they're using this huge furloughed workforce experiment as a way to upgrade their talent. Scale up. <laughs> I, Scale I know, up. I know one contractor actually in New York City, and he said, Rosie, they've closed everything down. I knew all the best employees of all my competitor. I called them the day they got furloughed and said, you're going on my payroll. You sit at home. You now work for me. I'll call you as soon as we got something to do. So he he replaced like, I don't know how many he replaced, but he upgraded his, his talent pool overnight, instantly. And there's a possibility he doesn't need to replace any of them if his competitors, in fact, went out of business as things pick back up. You know, less companies to do the work means more work into his oh. business. Oh. And an opportunity for more startups to happen. Well, and, and unfortunately, uh, the bad side to some of this stuff, is I did get a, a big notice from the Arizona Register of Contractors just Thursday of this week. They have shut down a company by the name of Precision Remodeling. Okay, it's public Ooh, information. You don't often mention names, I'm, I'm, even it's, when it's, it's public. <laughs> it's public information. Uh, but if they're shut down, it doesn't matter. And, you can't. and he <laughs> has apparently left 42 homeowners between Green Valley and Sun City West with undone jobs. And the first seven homeowners that got in to file a complaint have a combined sum of claims of over $90,000. I will say this. The man, he's named here, the man did show up at the summary suspension license hearing, and he affirmed all the allegations were legitimate. Wow. So he showed up 
and took the fall. But if you, he manned up, but I'm just throwing this out there. If you're waiting for a project to be completed by precision remodeling and design, uh, and really he was in Phoenix, Sun City, Tucson, Green Valley, Marana, <laughs> no place it he was. Like he was either working his way into Mexico, taking the money and run, <laughs> or working his way to Vegas, uh, taking yeah. the money and run, depending yeah. on which, which know, side he started from. You know, I just don't know, but... Uh, if precision remodeling and designs is currently working at your house, you need to contact the Register of Contractors. Get on their website immediately. Ring them Monday morning and get in line to hopefully participate in some amount of recovery from the recovery fund. That's just one more reason in Arizona we have it a little bit better than any place else. The Register of Contractors has that recovery fund to cover some homeowners against contractors, licensed, bonded, insured contractors that go out of business. There's we a, do have it better than anywhere else, which has always puzzled me when you see things like, um, you know, Elon Musk trying to go build a colony on Mars. You really think it's going to, life's going to be better on Mars? I don't know, Romy, <laughs> but, but I'm what? so happy that's his vision. I was so happy to have another topic drop into the news cycle. I don't think I can handle taking on space home ownership on this program as well as Earth home ownership. Oh, <laughs> I mean, to see something non-COVID related enter the news cycle was like the most inspired, it was like a breath of fresh air. I did feel bad for those astronauts, though. Can you they imagine? They got furloughed. <laughs> Can you imagine? But just three days. Getting strapped on that rocket on your back. Nah, the weather's not going to let us do it today. I, I bet Ooh, if those astronauts I, had the choice, they'd push launch. Oh, <laughs> yes. No, I couldn't. Don't unstrap me. Let's just go. Do you know Ooh. SpaceX was just started in 2002 with 12 employees? And it was started in an old empty warehouse in a strip mall in Southern California. And now they have 7,000 employees. Wow. In Washington, Texas, and Florida. See, we, at the beginning of this hour, we talked about channeling water 336 miles across Arizona. What do you think water delivery to Mars is going to be? I'd like that <laughs> contract. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And uh, our guest in the second half of that hour, we didn't get to it on air, but at the beginning of the fall season, we had a campaign that Water Use It Wisely put on. It's a new website, Water Plant It Wisely. Oh, that's right. I remember. Yeah. And you can go there and get instructions on a little photo contest they're running, Be the Saguaro, you know, the icon of you know, thriving in the desert, and find instructions and if you win the contest you get a $500 consulting uh, consultation with Arizona plant lady the woman that was on with us this morning um, Noel Noelle Johnson yeah. Noel Johnson so you can go to water planet wisely and get more information about uh, that if that's something a oh, landscape be, redesign be a saguaro photo contest yeah <laughs> you go stand by a saguaro and like, I guess Hold your arms like I did my best, and everybody said, Rosie, that's a teapot. <laughs> With thorns. With thorns. I had one arm down and one arm up. <laughs> Maybe. Yet, I don't think I'm going to be a winner. <laughs> hey, you never know. But that would be a, if you're looking for a landscape redesigner, looking to go water use, that'd be a great way. Winning that gets you started in a, 
and a good design direction. Waterplantatwisely.com. And you had mentioned the office this week that an old CAP director a number of years ago said that like 90% of the water that was channeled out of the basin. 90% of the water harvested in the entire upper basin. Now that goes from Lake Powell to the Canadian border. I don't think it quite goes that far. It's pretty close. I think Green River peaks in Wyoming doesn't quite get it to Montana. Okay. So the whole upper basin, that 90% of the water harvested in the entire upper basin is used to water grass. And that stat is probably true. I don't know if it's true to today, but it's not the grass that we think of in our lawns necessarily. There's no way there's that many lawns and business centers and, and parks to, to do that. I think that, that has got to include the grass, alfalfa, <laughs> and Bermuda that's grown for feedlots, dairy cows, and I, I need to find the article. I'm pretty sure I got it in my water stack at home, but they're working on a new technology for alfalfa in California that if it's successful – it can solve their water crisis for 20 years, the billions of gallons of water that can be redirected to other use from this new growing technique. And Human ingenuity. It's, it's amazing to see all the different techniques and water-saving devices and, and recycling water. You know, I mean, we don't think about it, but all water is recycled. It ends up in the ocean, evaporates the atmosphere, comes back rain or snow, melts down into our ri- rivers and reservoirs. Well, how many times we can recycle it as people? Palo Verde nuclear power plant, the only nuclear power plant not built on a lake or a body of water and the entire world right here in Arizona is water source is everything flushed down Phoenix metro area's sewer systems. Not every single one, but I know Phoenix, Scottsdale, Mesa, Goodyear, um, are four for sure. Not all municipalities go to that, but it, it all gets treated. And all the water that's used to generate the electricity to make that sound was flushed down a drain before. <laughs> no fishing in Palo Verde <laughs> nuclear power plant water reservoir. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the water that goes into the reactive chamber, they say if you drank it, it would dehydrate you. It is so purified. Interesting. You can't even drink it. Oh, man. It's water treatment of a different kind. That's, think about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, well, I love the water topic. I've You kind of got me on it a couple of years ago. It's intriguing. I think I probably annoy you coming back to it more. No, than no. <laughs> I, I love the water topic. I really do. We've got uh, MAM uh, being featured here in the next segment. Our number one article was usually um, always related to home improvement, but for this week when we looked at the stats, uh, you know, we do have a lot of articles posted on there with a lot of our other affiliates and charities and nonprofit. And the number one article at Rosie on the House this week was giving back and how to give back. And we've got Military Assisted Mission, ma'am. How's it go, M-A-M? Military Assisted Mission. And we'll have one of our partners on Military Assistant Mission talking about the updates they have. And we're going to talk with the new local regional director of Arizona's Military Assisted Mission.
And welcome back to Rosie on the House. You know, as we went into that commercial break, we were talking about Sanderson Ford. One of the things that we really appreciate about them is the amount that they give back to the community and the support that they give to those who have served. And through our relationship with Sanderson Ford, we were introduced to a really neat organization called MAM. And this week, the most viewed article on our website was about giving, which is unusual because usually it's home improvement related. And so we just thought, well, let's go ahead and bring on military assisted mission because they've had some changes. The founders moved out of state, still involved. We've got a new executive director who's on the line with us now. Mark Bain sure have been busy this year. We have been and appreciate uh, having us on. And uh, just like everybody, uh, you know, this pandemic has affected so many things. Uh, But um, we're out here and and doing what we think even more to help our service uh, military members as we go through these difficult times. Explain to anyone who's not familiar with ma'am how y'all work. Really what we do is uh, we focus on basic needs programs that we have. We also have uh, morale events, too, that we supply and to our uh, military service men- members. Our basic needs program is if you are E5 and below, uh, we have needs. If you're going through difficult times, uh, if you need auto payments, if you need food, uh, if your air conditioner breaks down, we're here for you to help with that. And usually what we do is uh, anywhere from 500 to to $1,000 uh, to those Arizona military members and the Reserve and Guard. Uh, they have to be active as well. Uh, we will provide those essentials to them. And then uh, we also have other events, too, to help. Um, our military members, uh, such as baby bashes. Um, uh, we also have a holiday open house in December, right around Christmas time, where we supply tons of toys to military families and their children and, and much more. So that's, that's really um, military assistance in a mission, um, in a nutshell. Uh, but we are here for our military brothers and sisters. And And sometimes, as you know, um, um, they don't want to ask for help, but we want for you to reach out to us. And this is for Arizona active military. This money is staying in state. It's helping the people who are active. And you said E5. Yeah, E5, that's where you're not getting a large paycheck on your living expenses. A lot of times they will have to go overseas, and then you have your family there that really doesn't have the resources. And so that's what we're here for is, again, as I said, if, if your you know, car goes out or your air conditioner, we're here to help you during those, those tough times. And in the past, it was just a one-time thing, but it sounds like in the midst of all that's going on in this year, y'all are looking at, at changing that structure? We are. And, um, we're going to get rid of the one-time assistance. So if someone last year applied, uh, we're going to open it up. You can reapply again. And uh, we just feel like that's the right thing to do, especially during these um, really difficult times that we're all facing. So uh, if you've applied in the past, you can, you can reapply again. And then the other thing that we're doing is offering uh, e-cards for food and essentials. Uh, 
um, as well during this uh, COVID-19. And where do y'all get your funding? Great question. Uh, we do need help. Uh, sometimes we receive grants, which is very helpful, uh, but a, a lot of online donations, and we've been very blessed over the last few years. And then uh, people just writing in uh, with uh, with uh, personal checks to our to our office, uh, and then we're able to to also to hopefully generate anyone who is interested in attaching military assistance mission as a charity, uh, we, uh, we look at those options as well. And you had mentioned a charity, y'all are a 501c3, so any donation is a tax credit. That is correct, and we're on the Arizona tax credit uh, as well, so that, you know, people can take advantage of that. Well, I'm not going to recap it because it's a sad story, but the, the founder and how MAM got started is Mother... My mother lost her soldier and, and started this as a result of that. Uh, Margie Bonds has, has really started MAM, and the reason for that, it was in 2012. Uh, and the reason for this is that her son was tragically killed in Iraq uh, May seventh, two 2005. And uh, it has been going on since, and Margie really set this up because she knew how her son struggled with expenses. And so this was one way where uh, Margie could keep uh, his name alive, uh, Michael Marzano. And, uh, again, uh, I believe it was, you know, May 7th, uh, the anniversary here just not too long ago. Uh, Margie is an unbelievable woman uh, in what she's done with ma'am. And what she continues to do, uh, she's uh, very involved with uh, client relations. She's just working remotely up in Washington State. So that's the website's azmam.org, AZMAM Military Assistant Mission. And we've been talking with the new executive director, Mr. Mark Bain. Thanks for joining us this Saturday morning. Thank you so much for having me. And we have callers on hold at one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. We are going to get to them very quickly, but I'm going to cover our weekly to-do before I forget. Every single week, we have a weekly to-do to keep up with our home maintenance. You can follow along with our free home maintenance calendar that will send you in the mail by request. Just email the address you would like that sent to info at rosieonthehouse.com. And let us know how many calendars you want, if you want one for a family member or a friend, or a neighbor. We order the calendar in preparation for handing them out at the home shows, which aren't happening right now, so we've got a few extra, and we've been doing a lot of creative things. Um, Some board members at different HOAs have reached out to distribute to their entire neighborhood. We've sent it to a number of different communities, so it's opened our creative way of distribution, and if you'd like one for free, again, just let us know where you'd like it sent, and we'll drop it in the mail. And you can take it all digitally at rosieonthehouse.com slash app, and you can program all of this into the app. It'll send you reminders that this needs to get done. You can assign it to different people in the house. You can keep track of the tools and materials you might need on the home maintenance app, rosieonthehouse.com slash app. 
It is a $5 a month charge where you can save 25% when you use promo code ROSIE when you sign up. So mineral deposits is what we're talking about today. Crusty white stuff that you see on those fixtures? Everywhere, (laughs) unless you have a water softener. And that's the Uh, ultimate key is to prevent it by removing the minerals as the water enters your home with a water softener. But if you don't have one and you've got to get rid of all those old mineral deposits that have built up over the years, vinegar is your best friend. And through our article, you can get in the quick links off the homepage. It walks through all the different types, whether it's a faucet, uh, dishwasher, refrigerator that has an ice and water dispensing unit, coffee maker. Each one of those has a different way to clean it. And there's different products you use with vinegar uh, for your shower door. Uh, uh, the lowest grade steel wool works best. Uh, paper towels soaked in vinegar put into your water dispenser on the refrigerator. So the ultimate benefit of the water softener is it prevents that from building up, but it also keeps your clothes from fading. You need less cleaning products for your dishwasher and in the shower. And, and the appliances last a lot longer. And the pipes in your home. There's an anode rod in the water heater. It's a sacrificial rod that's lighter than on the water heater, so that corrodes instead of the tank itself. Well, you get a softener, you prevent all of that, and that's our ultimate goal is zero to no maintenance on our home, castle, or cabin. Start with uh, Claire. Good morning, and welcome to the broadcast. Hi, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Oh, you bet. (laughs) (laughs) What's your question, Miss Claire? Um, so I have a, pop, a property that has a fiberglass shower, and it was built about 2004 or so, and it has a crack in the pan, in the bottom pan, and it's about eight inches long. And so I'd like to either, I don't know if I can tear that out, tear the whole thing out and replace it with another uh, fiberglass shower around and pan or if I can patch it permanently or if there's a liner you can put on top I have no idea where to go well you have you actually have all those options open to you Claire may I ask where the property is located generally speaking the property is in um, 85283 okay well you could take a look at a couple things There is a company, they are not Rosie certified, but I do know them and I've known them for a long, long time out in the Mesa area called Todd's Fiberglass Repair. And you can get them and have them submit a proposal to you for repairing the fiberglass. And the one thing about repairing fiberglass is once it's repaired, it's virtually good as new. You can tear the whole thing out and replace it with any number of different products you really aren't going to be able to overline it because that we can overline tile surrounds, but we really can't overline a fiberglass tub single unit. Whatever new product's going on there, it's got to be structurally sound underneath it to support the new product on top of it for the best long term. And something interesting, I don't think this really applies to you. Uh, well, if, if they come out and say this can't be repaired, we've got to rip it out and start over. Then there's something, I actually pulled this ad out of Qualified Remodeler Magazine. It's Mark E Industries. It's an American-made product called Goof 
proof showers and it's a goof proof liner drain it's got a roll-on a vinyl and a sheet membrane three different options that look like a great product for do-it-yourself i know shower linings even in the trades they often get improperly installed and this this i'm, I'm going to play around with these they look like this could be the solution to uh, a better durable shower pan that goes in uh, when we're at the point we need to fully remodel a shower. Have you played with the – have you seen that or played around with that at all? Well, I haven't. Um, most of our tile people are using the Schluter system. Schluter. Schluter. That's the one that we're using most often. So, Claire, you were already aware of all your options. You can repair or you can replace. But I don't think I would advise covering – a cracked one-piece fiberglass shower unit. Uh, look at the repair. I think it's going to be your absolute most cost-effective method. Uh, and like I say, when they're repaired, uh, the, just the nature of fiberglass, it it is virtually as good as new. So I hope that helps and gives you a, a couple ideas Greg's called in. Let's see if we can welcome Greg to the conversation, see how we might be able to help him. Yeah, I appreciate it. I was calling, I was talking to your wife about the uh, a pigeon problem that I've had since I've lived out here in Buckeye for almost three years now. I was going to put a system up, a pigeon control wiring system up there, but never have yet. But I did have some guys out about a month ago from a, a, a pest control company that does pigeon control systems, and they found some damage up there where my house on the top floor, it's a two-story house out in Buckeye, it's missing about a six-foot section of stucco where the stucco has been stripped off of the, 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 the plywood in the styrofoam, and it's stripped down to the, the bare plywood and, and a little bit of chicken wire remnant left over there. And he didn't know whether the contractor that built the house didn't finish that part of the house and just left it because you can't see it from the ground, or the pigeons have actually torn it up to that extent if they can do that. But they're, they're pretty monstrous pigeons if that's what's happened because wow. the stucco has literally been torn off, and he sent me some pictures on my email where you can see the bare plywood with just the chicken wire covering over it. And you can see where the chicken wire has been, like, pulled up some. But he couldn't tell because it's not like a clean border where the styrofoam ends and it goes to bare plywood. It's not clean. It's like a jagged cut there that almost looks like it's been pecked and torn out by these flying rats. But I don't know if that's the case or not. He didn't know either. But I need to get that fixed before I get the pigeon control system put up because he said they'll they'll just take it down when, when whatever system they put up there they put up the wires or the spikes or whatever um they'll just um uh, they'll take the pigeon control system down to fix this damaged uh stucco and and uh and styrofoam up there that I need to get replaced and i needed a contractor or if you knew a contractor that would do that kind of work before i have the pigeon control system put in and he didn't have any references that he could refer me to well i'm gonna have to do a little exploring myself but greg he's emailed you some photographs I'd love you to send those to me so I could see what we're dealing with. Yeah, I can when, forward them to you. Absolutely. In our remodeling world, when I need some stucco done to a room addition or stucco repair, there's a company called Stucco Renovations. Uh, but Doug lives uh, in the East Valley, uh, and I don't know. Tempe. The, yeah. Well, that's the East Valley. You don't think I, that's, that's like central. You want to call that central? Okay. <laughs> I guess I've been here too long. Um, that's south. <laughs> okay. Uh, but Doug um, 
may know someone or maybe one of his tradespeople would be able to come out and take care of it. Let me just see what the extent of the damage is so I can kind of go through my Rolodex at the office and see if I can find somebody for you. Absolutely. How, uh, how far are those? Do you, uh, you got an email I can send them to? Yeah, just send it to info at rosyonthehouse.com and put in the subject line, put photos, and then, then my staff will know that's something I asked for during the radio show and I wanted to see it, and it'll get to my desk much faster. And it's info at rosyonthehouse.com. That's right. Cool. I'll do that today, then. I greatly appreciate it. I figured you might have a, a reference for a person to fix that, but the, he, he emailed me the pictures, and I didn't know how bad it was. And I've heard the thing scratching around up there before, and it's almost like they had gotten into the attic and were inside the attic, but he didn't know if that was the case or not. But my, the attic is right above the master bedroom on the upper level, and you can hear them up there cooing and scratching and stuff. And I really developed a dislike for pigeons since I lived out here, obviously. <laughs> I just yeah, like the pigeons in Atlanta, but that's a personal yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's funny because it's farm country out here, and there's just giant flocks of billions of pigeons. Oh, and I yeah. used to live in, in Goodyear in Estrella Mountain. It's kind of it's more developed out there, but there was no pigeon problem at all. And I don't know if the, the developers out there knew something that they don't know out here in Buckeye, but pigeons out here are just they're they're just everywhere, like you know, literally flying rats. Well, they are, and if they find anybody in your subdivision that's kind to pigeons by feeding it is grossly exasperating the problem for you and that is very often what we find someone in the neighborhood is encouraging the flocks to inhabit that particular area Uh, and if you see a home in your subdivision that's more inundated than yours that's probably the prime suspect But send me the pictures, and, and we'll, we'll find somebody to get that stucco repaired for you. And for the Atlanta Falcons fans, as Gary just smack talked. That was producer Gary D. that made that comment, <laughs> and you can direct those inquiries to him. You said the <laughs> F word on the air, man. Shame on you. <laughs> Let's see if we can take Jim, who's calling from beautiful Catalina, Arizona. Good morning, Jim. To you too, guys, and uh, to your whole team. Really appreciate everything you guys do for us. Well, what I'd like to know, know, and maybe you can help me with, and maybe this question will help a lot of other homeowners as well, where my patio door frame connects to or meets up with the tile in our, in our living room, there's a, there's a line of grout that was put in by the builder to separate the two and hold the tile in place. Well... I think because the two dissimilar materials, being the aluminum and the tile and the grout, uh, react differently to changes in temperature and humidity, my grout line in that area keeps cracking and breaking apart. So my question is, what's the best material to put in that joint to reduce or eliminate the cracking? Well, I'll tell you one of the tricks we use when we're going up against an aluminum threshold is we take a uh, bicycle inner tube and cut it into strips and mastic apply it to the backside of the aluminum threshold. And then we grout up to that and it allows a small little expansion cushion between the aluminum and the grout. 
and then we then let the grout cure, come back and slice a small V in it at the top, and then we apply yeah, a sanded, sanded caulk in the color of the grout. And that is about the most reliable way you can stop that crack from reappearing because you are exactly right. The two materials are not thermally stable, dimensionally stable. So give them a little cushion between the two and it'll eliminate a lot of that and help you a whole bunch. And we have Ken. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, this is Ken in Phoenix. No, I uh, had a question. Uh, I've always wondered if gas water heaters produce more calcium and buildup in the bottom of the tank than electric. Possibly. There are what are called self-cleaning or self-flushing water heaters, and a electric water heater has elements that are stuck into the side. Some have multiple places, top and bottom. That's what's heating the water. A gas one has a pilot light at the bottom. So if you do have a water heater that's not flushing or self-cleaning, as that sediment piles up on the bottom and the heating element heats it up, you do see that thickness start to, to kind of bake onto the bottom, making the gas water heater less efficient. But the self-cleaning flushing ones, the water intake into the water heater, they push it all the way down to the bottom and have a bend and it turns around. So every time the water comes in, it creates a whirlpool type motion that kicks all the sediment up and keeps it from getting baked onto the bottom. So you just want to make sure you get a self-cleaning or flushing water heater. And then of course, if you have a treatment system before the water is introduced to the water heater, you can eliminate that hardness and that mineral buildup. They will both get built up yeah, without, without treating the water ahead of time. Either one of them will generate it. I know flash heating a tankless water heater with gas, they say because it heats it up so fast, either gas or electric, you actually force more of the minerals out and onto the elements than a traditional. That's why most of the tankless water heater companies, to protect the warranty, are saying, we want you only introducing treated water to our system. Let me go to Hector calling from Santan, see if I can help him with the project he's trying to tackle. Hector, good morning. Yes, good morning, Rosie. Awesome show, by the way. What are you up to today, my friend? Well, my wife had a, um, a request. We have a, the side of the house where I used to put the trash can that's a dirt area. It's mm -hmm. about three and a half feet wide, 50 feet long. The garage lead has a door that leads into it. She wants me to build a doggy door in one of the rooms to lead out there, fence up that area so that's where the dogs can use the restroom and have their little area instead of using the whole backyard. Great. That section. Yeah. I was just wondering, is that a good place? Because I don't want the smell as bad as it does when it rains. The smell kind of, I don't know, multiplies. It does. The, it does. The, yeah. Well, it was, I was just wondering if there's any steps or anything I should do to get that process started to make sure it's a good little home for them. All right. Well, uh, I have found in my experience that wife requests become life's realities. So you are going to build this dog compound. All right. You just just know that. Here's a couple things in the doggy door that you install. Make sure it goes into an area that can be locked that someone can't use the doggy door to enter your house. I tell people, if it's a laundry room door and the house is empty all day while you're at work, put a deadbolt on the laundry room door that you lock from the inside of the house. And the dogs are free to come and go, get out of the heat and the cold, 
have a bed in the laundry room, their water and food bowl, but they'll go outside to do their business. Other than that, all you can do is get in a rigorous protocol of picking up to keep the smell from getting bad. We raise German short hairs. We have a kennel in the back corner of the, of the yard. We don't put them on concrete. We put them on pea gravel so that everything that they ex- emit from their body percolates into the ground. I hose it down regularly. And I'll tell you another thing. In the doghouse, in that kennel, I use cedar saw chips that you can buy in bulk. And that goes a long way to eliminating any of that dog aroma. So there's a couple tips for creating that dog area. They'll appreciate it. Your wife will appreciate it. And uh, I want... I want pictures of when it's done. But the one thing about doggy access, uh, and I, did he say German short hair? Did he? Did, uh, you I, said German short hair. Oh, I said, uh, okay. He said German shepherd, didn't he? I think I, so. I got yeah. the impression it was a big dog. That's a big enough door for someone to climb through. Okay, so make sure it only goes in to a secure, locked area of your home. You'll be, you'll be glad uh, you did. A good, strong, one-inch throw deadbolt mounted on that door, accessible and lockable from the outside. So you get in that room, you actually need a key to get out of that room. They can rob all the dirty underwear and socks and laundry soap they want, but uh, they can't get in to your master bedroom where the family you know, heirlooms are. Okay? There you go, Hector. I hope that helps. If you have questions during the week, R-O-S-I-E on thehouse.com. And we'll see you all next Saturday. It'll be June, starting a brand new month. And our topic will be summer comfort.